From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Atlanta police are cracking down on scooters after at least one death and hundreds of injuries. It is illegal to ride them on sidewalks or to violate other traffic laws while riding them. The focus may be shifting to electronic-powered two-wheelers, but collisions that involve traditional bikes, cars, and pedestrians are on the rise across the U.S. and in Georgia. The Atlanta Regional Commission reports a 53% jump in such incidents between between 2006 and 2015. The number of serious injuries or even fatalities went up by 26% in that time. Thomas Wheatley wrote about the rise in accidents for Atlanta Magazine, where he is articles editor. I spoke with him after his article came out and asked if distracted driving is causing the numbers to spike. Well, distracted driving, it, it plays a role. Um, there are a lot of factors at play, however. Um, one is population growth. Uh, there are more people, so more people are driving. Another is in a good economy, more people drive, more people have to go to work, more people are moving goods. A big factor, a lot of experts say, it has to do with just the roads that we drive on, mm. the way that they're designed, and especially um, the roads in Sunbelt states, including Georgia, which are really known for sprawl. Um, we build roads that kind of take us further and further out, farther and farther out. And the main design factor in those is just moving people as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So they're designed for speed. In fact, that was probably one of the most disturbing things that I saw in your article. Uh, Rebecca Cerna, she's executive director of the Atlanta Bicycle Coalition, told you, our streets are dangerous by design. Yes. And now, mind you, she's an advocate for cycling. But is that how it's looked at overall? Yes, very much so. And especially among advocates uh, like Cerna, like Sally Flox from PEDS, um, which is a pedestrian safety organization that does a lot of work in this area as well. Um, the, the roads are really designed, especially roads in, in metro Atlanta, they're more designed for automobiles. They're not as much designed for people walking or people on bicycles. Um, not to say that planners do not care about those people, but uh, oftentimes when you're looking at these roads, you're, you're making cost cuts, you're thinking, okay, what do we need to do to kind of get this to the finish line? And it's all about, okay, how can we move more cars? Right. I often see there are no sidewalks in many, many places in Atlanta's roadways or streets, certainly not bike lanes. But but what happens here, it seems, is that, you know, that while share the road may be the tagline, you find some examples of resistance, um, initiatives that effectively pit drivers against pedestrians and cyclists. What are some examples of those that you came up with? There was a, a battle on over Peachtree Road, over restriping it a few years back, and uh, GDOT had proposed putting in bike lanes, and that was met with a lot of resistance, um, especially from people who lived in the area, and they argued that it was going to cause traffic to back up, it was going to frustrate drivers, and it was going to send drivers onto residential side streets to try to bypass the gridlock. Mm -hmm. And with innovations like Waze and all these other apps, um, you hear that complaint more and more that, you know, my, my sleepy, quiet side street is now a cut through for everybody driving from Cobb and, and elsewhere to get to their office. Um, there was such a bitter dispute over that, that they eventually, you know, scuttled the bike lane, um, GDOT did. And another example is DeKalb Avenue, where uh, if you live in Atlanta and you drive on DeKalb Avenue, it really is kind of the city's craziest street. Um, there's the unfortunately, you know, named suicide lane. Uh, it, 
People travel at high speeds. It's not really a great place to walk or to bike. Um, and there have been discussions for years over what to do with that street. And I always love covering these meetings because passions are, are so high. I mean, these are some of the best community meetings to cover um, because people really care about this. And you have two very clear sides saying, I want this, I want that. Um, but the answer is really kind of in between. As it often is. And we, and we need both. Well, there are some notoriously problematic spots. You mentioned DeKalb Avenue, especially in Metro Atlanta. In 2016, Alexia Heinemann, she was a freshman at Grady High School, struck by a motorist in 2016. This was at the intersection of 10th Street and Monroe Drive, and she later died. So students from Grady High School are still rallying to improve this intersection, this yeah. uh, Complete Streets programs. What is a Complete Streets program, and how would that help? Complete Streets programs really kind of look at a street for all users. How do you make it a street where uh, it's safe to walk, it's safe to bike, it's safe to drive? Um, we all pay for these streets, so we should all be able to use them. Uh, so think about, like, protected bike lanes, wide sidewalks, good lighting, crosswalks, maybe um, special signals at intersections that might be... Uh, th th that might be more dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, it really is a complete street is it's kind of a beautiful thing if you're a wonk because it's 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 something that everybody can use and everybody can feel safe using. Um, we need more of those in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is a city that is really retrofitting itself from being a city where people were leaving uh, in the 70s and 80s and, and before that to, to a place where people are now coming back in very large numbers. And what, we, what worked back then is not working now. Mm -hmm. So, but what about the cost for something like that? Installing more streetlights, creating bike lanes, beside the fact that you're taking away room from drivers? Well, I mean, you know, bike, bike lanes can 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 run you know it depends on uh, it depends on what you want tactical urbanists have done some really cool things with just putting up planters separating traffic from from bikes um you know you can have a protected bike lane for about thirty thousand dollars a mile i think um and then it can go up i mean if you want to have like the rolls royce of bike lanes someone can do it for you um a lot of times those can be you know a fraction of a road project and it's and sometimes it's just you know like uh, small things can 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 do a lot. Um, the issue becomes when you know we do things with city money like building a pedestrian bridge over Northside Drive for the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. For the Mercedes-Benz Stadium that was supposed to be used for the Super Bowl and then it was closed for the Super Bowl until after the game. And when really you can do some some pedestrian fixes on Northside Drive for just kind of a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. So it's all about, I mean, talking with advocates, it's all about your priorities. And if you want to do something about it, you can budget the money for it. Yeah, but of course that means who's got the political power, who's got the ear of those who are in power to do that kind of thing. And how's, how's that stacking up? Are these organizations like PEDS or Rebecca Cerner's um, organization, are they making a real difference? They are. They, def they definitely are. I mean, they have a lot of um, political power behind them, um, especially in the city, because it might be while you might not be a avid bicyclist or, or bi bicyclist or you might not be a really kind of gung ho pedestrian, I suppose. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that once you once you notice it's an issue, 
a lot of people are on board with this. And there's a way to do it by respecting drivers and respecting bicyclists and respecting pedestrians. Um, Yes, I I think they definitely have power. But one of the things that you found is that people are pedestrians for su- at some point in their commute, right? right. That, that maybe they're not going all the way by foot, but some part of them is winding up on foot. Do you think there's I don't know, there needs to be a rethink about like we're all pedestrians at some point. Yeah, at some point we are. And uh and and especially if we want to live in the city, we're going to be pedestrians more and more. Um I, I believe it's something like 75% of all transit trips start with, you know, you start on your feet. Um, we have to be thinking about how are we going to get around our city in, an, in a safe way. Mm. If you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with Thomas Wheatley. He's articles editor for Atlanta Magazine, and he reported in the magazine on the rise of pedestrian and bicycle collisions in Atlanta and some efforts to change that. Well, I imagine if you have a bunch of high school kids rallying, that gets a lot of attention, certainly. Um, so what has what have city officials and planners actually done to try and change things? Well, this is definitely on the city's um, it's definitely on the city's radar. The transportation plan has this concept that that was uh, started in Sweden called Vision Zero. That's kind of baked into the transportation plan. Um, so there are a lot of plans for complete streets around the city. Um, there's a lot of focus on, and this, this is really interesting, that I believe it's something like 6% of the city's roads are responsible for, I believe, 71% of the traffic-related fatalities wow. and 42% of the injuries, and that was between 2012 to 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can focus on those areas. Um, they can also... Um, you know, commit to to the funding that they have available. We have the Renew Atlanta infrastructure bond package. It's going to be paying for a lot of these programs. There is uh, there is some activity now where they're looking at the project costs because that money is not going as far as they hoped it would. Um, so they can they can stick to this. Uh, you have a lot of city officials who really care about this. Um, Tim Keene in the city planning department cares about it. Um, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms on the campaign trail, she said that she this was this was something that she wanted to pay attention to. So it's definitely happening in the city. I th- and and I think it's happening elsewhere in Metro Atlanta. It's just that I believe in the suburbs, it's it's it can be rather difficult because these were places that were designed really for automobile traffic. Mm-hmm. And as time goes on and um, you see trends of uh, more and more poverty in the suburbs, there's going to be a need for more transit. There's going to be a need for um, more sidewalks, for people who might not be able to own a car for them to get around. So it's a bit of a heavier lift. Well, you talked a little bit about the population increase earlier in Atlanta. Of course, there's been a huge move to get people to have walkable cities, you know, people to be able to bicycle or, or scooters. How are scooters, by the way, fitting into this? They seem to have been a, a bane in the municipal, um, at least if you were looking at regulatory. Yeah, they, I mean, I, what I find really interesting about scooters is that they have kind of showed us just through how people use them and people's behavior, how we're lacking in a lot of these um, kind of like pedestrian and bicycle facilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, if scooters had if, if scooters had like protected bike lanes to travel on, I really think they would be using those more than sidewalks. Mm. You know, I mean, the fact that people are using sidewalks tells us that the city streets are not safe, that they really fear going down Peachtree or Piedmont Road and somebody's roaring behind them. 
So, I mean, I, I don't have any hard numbers on how um, on how many injuries have been caused by him or anything like that. But it's it's definitely like a new wrinkle in in this whole debate. So uh, we have so many people. The success of the Beltline has shown that people want to be on bikes. They want to be on foot. Do you think that they're working there because they don't work on the streets of Atlanta? Is there something going on there? Yeah, I mean, the, the, because the Beltline just feels safe. It, it it you you don't feel like you're kind of taking your life into your hands. It, mm-hmm. it does feel like you're slaloming through people sometimes, and and there are some you know crazy people on bikes and, 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 you know, just crazy people walking. Um, but it's definitely a sign that people want this and we can't have a belt line on every street, but we can have a place that gives you that same feeling. There are a couple points that you brought up in the article that I really wanted to key in on. One is that oftentimes when we hear about a collision, you know, uh, a car, a driver says, I couldn't see the person, you know, it was dark or they came from nowhere or they weren't using a side, a crosswalk. So we often get these things from the perspective of the driver. We're very sort of driver focused, but you also got plenty of clapback, I guess, for advocating that pedestrians and cyclists need to learn how to share the road too. What did you hear from, from both sides? Well, and people made a very good point that, um, that I was, that I was putting the burden on, uh, on, on, on the people without power and that that is that is a solid criticism um and I, i'm i'm of the perspective that people yes you need to know the rules of the road you need to know that you shouldn't jump out in, in the street in random times um and you need to kind of uh you need to give driver signals but drivers also really need to be aware that they're operating this massive vehicle and more and more people are operating larger, massive vehicles. Mm-hmm. I mean, SUVs are some of the biggest selling automobiles right now. And an SUV in a pedestrian fatality or a pedestrian collision um, is the, – the, the injuries are much higher, much more severe. Um, that we, we all need to really be thinking about how we're, how we're going to use this public asset. Everybody wants to get home, you know, but at what cost? Right. So is there a dis- difference? Um, you were talking about, you know, how beautiful the streets could look and how the city is behind it, at least some segments. But is there a difference between a must-have investment here and this would be nice as far as city planners are concerned? I, I, that, that's a great question. I really, I've, I, and, I, and I really don't know the answer to that. Um, there is a, there, there, there's a renewed focus at the city on equity. Um, which uh, has been a long time coming, but it's it's good to hear. Um, a lot of the places where we're seeing a lot of these injuries and fatalities are happening in areas where there tr- traditionally hasn't been much investment, and they're happening in areas uh, like the west side of Atlanta, where you have a lot of people who don't own a car, who are one of those people who are making those, uh, you know, they start their transit trips by walking to the bus stop or walking to MARTA. Um, it would be really good... Uh, and just for those investments to happen there, but but you have to balance it out in terms of political power, in terms of cost, and ter- um, so I would I would not want to be in their shoes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just not fun. Not in a car town. Uh, Thomas Wheatley, I want to thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. Thomas Wheatley is articles editor for Atlanta Magazine. He reported on the rise of pedestrian and bike-related fatalities and accidents in Atlanta. 
This week, GPB is chasing the moon to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. You can learn more about all the related stories on our website, gpb.org forward slash moon. And you can join the conversation on social media by using the hashtag GPB to the moon. And you can always talk with us on our Facebook group, GPB Radio's On Second Thought. We're on Twitter at OST Talk. You can email us at onsecondthought at gpb.org or leave us a voice message at 404-500-9457. I'm Virginia Prescott. Stay with us for more of On Second Thought.